So good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and good night, folks. Welcome to Karate Without Belts. I'm John. Hello, I'm Jeremy. Welcome, welcome, folks. Okay, so we have to address the uh, giant burning hole affecting the uh, United States of America. We, me and Jeremy can Jeremy both get behind this. Is the statement is that doesn't matter what side of political aisle you're on, we're not that kind of podcast. We're not going to get into that. What's going on in recent times has been a tragedy, and it's not really something we can comment on um, because we're not really represented in those groups. But if you are choosing to go out and protest, don't be stupid. Please be safe. Please do not destroy property and or try to go hurt people. It's not worth your time, it's, and it's nothing that training karate should ever have taught you. So please, you know, if you're going to go out and going to go protest, A, remember we're in the middle of a global pandemic, and B, you know, remember, you know, if you're going to do something like that, please do it peacefully. <coughs> Absolutely. And that's as much as I think as these two, you know, bald, white, suburbanite guys are going to tell you. So on nicer news, Jeremy, how are you? <laughs> Half this week, but other than that, I torqued my back pretty good, so I've been dealing with that for the later part of last week, and then it's it's finally getting quite quite a bit better. So it's it's moved along. It's just I just need to get it back to back to where it needs to be. So no pun intended. Yeah. Have you been? How has been? How has the comma work been? Been or is that a Delayed that work. It, it's well it delayed it a little bit, but I mean I've, I've been working on it this week. And it, it, it is interesting. A couple things that kind of come come from it is I'm seeing how it relates back to Tonbo, how it relates to Sai, how it even relates to different weapons and stuff, and you know how how I can enhance certain movements of different weapons and how those weapons enhance common and stuff. So that's kind of where I've been really focusing my time is looking at those uh, similarities, uh, looking at um, what I get from each one and where they kind of mix and, and kind of combine to, to, I don't know, I mean, just really make better better practicing of you know, each one of those weapons. So. Did you happen to get a look at the video our uh, last episode's guest, uh, Chuck Harris, had posted on Kama? Was it a really interesting... I don't know what lineage this comes from. Maybe it comes from the Oriana branch, but I've never seen this kata where it was you know, uh, Kawa no Kama. And the way he's moving this, the Kama... I I thought there had only been so many ways to actually move a comma, but you know, I was severe. I was very surprised with how Chuck was moving those commas. Yeah, it, it was it was very. I mean, I mean, very nicely done. Like it was. Yeah, that's that's the only thing I can really say. It's very nicely done. It was and and it was interesting. At the beginning of the week, I I took a look at that video and I'm like, okay, maybe maybe try this, maybe try that. And so, it, I mean, I wasn't 
you know, trying to take on that kata, but certain movements from there, I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe this would work better for me. Maybe this would work a little bit different. So, and I've taken a couple things from it, and it's like, okay. So, yeah, it, it was very nicely done. It was, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, gives a little bit broader perspective on the weapon itself. So, yeah, or at least, at least for me. So, I'm, I'm sound like you, you as well. So, have you ever seen that before? No, I've never seen that. I'm not going to say Chuck's not going to have to ask him about this, but I don't think he's using live blades when he's doing that. All I have are live blades. So I was like, I really want to try this, but I'm going to like go to the hospital if I, if I try to mimic these movements. I, 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 yeah, I, I agree. I, I think if I was using live blades trying to do that that, that fluidly, um, I would need uh, at least a couple medical staff along with the tourniquet along with it while I was trying it. So it, 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 it was very impressive. No need to become a double amputee because of comma. What I've been doing uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, uh, Kayan Sensei of the uh, Okinawa Kempo Kenkyu guy, I think it is. Had just, in the beginning of the month, that had a thing where for you know everyone around the world, every, all the karateka around the world doing something like a kata or something, kind of at the same time to kind of you know rally against what's currently going on in terms of the pandemic. And you know it was really successful, and he got a lot of people around it. And he's kind of doing it again this weekend, so I'm just you know jumping in on that and trying trying out different things and he was he first he was just like asking people to show kata and now he's just like do everything do jiu kumite do yakusu kumite do do weapons do do free sparring do basics do do whatever so i'm just kind of trying to put out a little bit every day and um, support that effort well i think on our topic for today Jeremy, you had really come up with a really good idea. Would you mind kind of leading us into the, into the theme today? Because I think th this speaks to a side of things we don't like talking about. And I yeah. think it's a really good thing, you know, to talk about things you don't like talking about just in general. But, I mean, very specifically when we're talking about, you know, teaching and learning and, and doing martial arts, you know, we, we don't like talking about failure or regrets or messing up. Um, yeah. We don't want to own it, but I think in order to, you know, be better, we need to kind of own it. And I think you yeah. came up with this topic quite beautifully. Um, you know, with, I'll just lead you into kind of what, what's happened. I mean, yeah. most people, in the United States, know know exactly what has happened this week. Uh, a man, man uh, named George Floyd. He was um, he was he was arrested, and during his de during the detainment of this man, he a uh, police officer was well, several police officers were detaining him, and one of the techniques that was being used was a knee on the neck and there, there were some other pieces of it and 
So the, re- the reason why is, I mean, over a period of, I've heard up to nine minutes, the police officer had the knee on, on the guy's neck and in turn uh, ended this man's life. I, I mean, my heart goes out to those people. Uh, it goes out to Mr. Floyd's family, definitely. But it really has kind of given me a little bit of sense of unease this week because that is that's a lockup and a technique that I've that I've taught. So part of it is what is my responsibility as an instructor and you know when do you feel like your students are responsible enough to handle material that's that may be questionable right and i think and especially in this case you know this is where you know the theory meets the praxis because you know when we when we talk about teaching karate we're not talking about teaching law enforcement necessarily we're talking about teaching average people you know, regular right. people, people who aren't necessarily going to be using this as a as a as a skill for their jobs. So, yeah. you know, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'm sorry. I'll no, go ahead. Go ahead. A yeah. little bit, but I mean, I, I, you know, usually people that I've shown this technique to have been police officers, have been military police things like that. So it, it I, I don't know. I mean, I've really, I guess I've been in some ways conflicted this week about teaching it. And I've tried to remember, you know, have I always put out there that, you know, that I wouldn't say disclaimer, but that responsibility of you use this as a last resort if your life isn't in jeopardy and until you get this person to detained or you know just basically you know so that there's no longer you know so, so that you're protecting yourself and your family and and people around you you know it's not it's not something it's not something to just take lightly so right and you know not everybody can be lucky enough to have Denzel Washington walk uh, walk down the street and stop an altercation between two people yeah literally happened this week actually yeah apparently but um the i think this is something we we face as instructors um when we face as people who at the end of the day martial arts has this element to it because it's literally what it's about it's it's martial arts we can theorize all day long about kata we can talk all day long about culture we can we can go on about language um we can talk about structures and all whatever but you know, at the end of the day, there are certain just basic things that you can show someone and it can seriously ruin somebody's body and even worse in this case, and someone's life. And I think it, it, it's it's this scary theoretical thing I think not a lot of us deal with on a daily basis. And I think, you know, it's, I guess... From your perspective, how were you, you know, introduced to techniques like this? I mean, that that was one of the things we when when I when I started. I mean, one of the, we broke down technique as and, and you've heard me 
break this down, we want to break it down into like your entry move. You know, how do you enter into into that person's space? How do you enter into what you're getting ready to do? The second part is doing what you're going to do to combat whatever whatever conflict you've got. So, I mean, if it's strike to the neck, if it's an arm bar, if it's strike to the midsection, is it is it some type of manipulation? Is it going to be some type of grappling hold? What is it? What, what, what's going to happen? You know? And then the third part or the closure part would be the lockup, which basically you're taking down the ground. You're going to lock them up one way or another. Um, one of the main ones that we always did was just a simple arm bar to had them down. You know, I mean, there are different ways to get, get people to do what they were doing, whether it was, um, like if their knees were not in the right place, you, you knee on their knee and they they'll move. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I I haven't. I mean, practicing these techniques, I haven't haven't uh, not seen that. And then one of them was, you know, in an extreme situation, was knee on the neck, which is a which is a, a difficult position to even get off of. But, uh, to be honest, it, you know, you can if you can get somebody on the ground in that type of position. You know, there's there reams and reams of people fighting about whether or not this can actually happen. Um, and yeah. I like to think that we're in some way justified by, you know, seeing this actually play out, even though in this situation it you know, didn't need to go to the point where it did. Well, I mean, you know, um, some of the fears and things that we've talked about for years came to came to light this week. Yeah. But I mean, really, it, I mean, it it is when you, when you do it, it, it's really pretty simple. To, I mean, all you do is instead of you know shifting your body one way, you shift another way, and bam! I mean, instead of having it locked up on on there you know, just on the arm straight down. Like I said you shift your body. Doesn't take doesn't take but maybe a pivot and a shift and boom, you can put your knee right on somebody's neck and bam. It, it's not hard. I mean it really isn't that that much difficult than just a regular lockup. Right. But I mean we we, we did that. I mean that was one of the things that my, my first instructor, Robbie, always taught us like you you care you learn to carry a technique out to the final conclusion that you want to protect yourself. And you know, I I that's how I taught for years. You know, you don't you, you don't hope that you know you you do one strike and hope well hopefully that works. No, you, you make sure that it's that it's dealt with and dealt with the way you you train the way you want it want it done so that you're protected and the people around you. By all claims, I mean that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. If it's fair to say when you when you're leading a type of class that teaches that you want to be able people to be able to understand what they're doing. You know, know the realities of it and understand how to get into those situations. But then you deal with the actual element of the people we're teaching. With great power comes great responsibility. 
know, and and that's and that like I said, that's one of the things that I've somewhat been conflicted with this week is that is you know how how many students that I've taught this to have they ever misused it? Have they ever misused other things that I've taught? You know, and it's just a question, you know, just a question, you know, internally. I mean, um, have I regretted teaching it? No, maybe a little, but not really. But I, I, I'm definitely questioning this week. And we've had a we've had a lot of discussions about you know people being prepared from a skill, knowledge, ability perspective, right? Yeah. Are people skilled enough to use this? Are people, you know, are are, are they even able to do this in any sort of an effective way? Well, you know, and the, you know, let's, let's take another example. Right. You know, um, like one of the things, one of the conversations in self-defense you know, you hear a lot is buy a firearm, buy a firearm, 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 firearm. Now, you can buy a firearm, but one, if you're not trained on that firearm, what good is it? Two, if your mentality is not one that understands what the final conclusion can be from using that, will you actually use it? Which goes back into skill. If you if you don't practice these things, is your skill level enough to be able to use these things whenever the time comes? You know, and, and then you get into I mean, you get into several other conversations such as awareness and this and that and the other thing. But I I I, I think that's. I think it's definitely a valid point, you know, if, you know, if you've been shown this technique once or twice, let's say the one that we're talking about, right. you've only been shown it once or twice, and then you go use it, but yet you don't understand, or maybe you haven't taken somewhat of a responsibility of what, what the the worst case scenario or the worst conclusion can actually happen from it. Do, do you totally understand that skill? Do you under do you have enough responsibility to perform that skill? So, and and there's and and, and there's like several facets to that because yes. can you? And it starts with responsibility. Can yeah. you trust the person you're teaching to appropriately do that kind of technique? Can you teach this type of thing in an open seminar in an open format to kind of whoever, or do you need to decide on you know who you can actually show this to? For me personally, this is why I'm kind of big. I'm not big on like show because we've started kind of like throwing up like karate on more like katas and stuff on the channel and and, and stuff like that and and doing different stuff. One thing I, I I'm this is why I do not like technique videos because it this falls in the kind of the same similar kind of pattern because you can show these techniques or whatever but you're taking a bit of a risk because you're kind of putting it out there of, okay these the, here's a here's a deadly technique or what here's a chokehold here's a, here's this here's a that 
Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that because yeah, you. I mean, if it's a basic technique, sure. It's yeah. Not a, and I mean, some of the things I I like to show as far as technique wise, I like to show that initial entry type of technique. And it's like, look, where you go from there is your your prerogative. I'm not going to say, hey, you have to do this, you have to do that, but hey, here's your entry, boom, boom, you know, then you can move forward with whatever. So. And that's also, I mean, in that case, it's like you know, somebody's attacking you in some way and you're showing like, all right, this is probably a, a, a good general way of getting getting into something. That's cool. Yeah. But when we're talking about the responsibility of the teacher for the students of, or just responsibility in general of somebody who's knowledgeable, you know, how do they, how, how do we approach teaching that kind of responsibility on both a you know a micro level of just with students and kind of a macro level in terms of you know organizing a school and organizing that around even organizationally because yeah. because this isn't a conversation I don't think many people are having and I think they really need to now about oh, how they're going about doing these things maybe it won't change anything but I mean hopefully you know people will like you and me kind of step back and think, I mean, crap, have we really been teaching stuff like this and, you know, left a potential door open for people to misuse it? I think part of it comes to almost when you're teaching something to that level, I think it almost comes down to a personal relationship. Yeah. With, with teacher and student personal relationship. It can't just be, hey, uh, you know, Freddie over here is paying you know fifty hundred, two hundred dollars a month, and he's he's you know he's training, but you really don't know what's in their head. And I, I think I think one you do have to have probably probably some mistakes made in in the people that you teach. Yeah, um, and, and you know, and basically you know understand how how trust is earned and how trust is broken between teacher and student and going on to a, a different scenario um i showed early early on you know when i was teaching and i, I was kind of hungry for students trying to build up a dojo you know hey this would be great and this and the other thing and i had a student that i was uh I was I was showing some things with nerve points, not necessarily nerve strikes, but just different things with it and stuff. Come to find out later on, he uh, guy wanted to be just kind of a knucklehead, and he ended up started going to bars and doing like bar tricks and stuff. And it was like, and I I found this out. Some another friend of mine, he he was at the bar while the guy was doing this and yeah that ended the uh, teacher student relationship right quick fast and in a hurry yeah matter of fact it, it ended it so quick that within within one week the guy moved out of the town because i was that mad so i wasn't i wasn't doing i mean i i was i was livid about it but he, he knew i was livid and he, he needed it, no more instruction, and I said, if you really want one more class, I'll be more than happy to show you, but you ain't going to like it. 
well. I mean, it's you know, then that's kind of a thing where it's like you want to try, you want to, you have to kind of gauge where the person's maturity is. Age yeah. doesn't necessarily equal maturity. Um, and also, and also, I mean, you want to you want to give your students a little extra so that they can build that maturity muscle as well too. So it's not you know it's not just I mean it's also something you know kind of kind of like your kids you know you want to give them a little bit more responsibility and things like that same way with your students you want to give them a little bit more responsibility in how they they handle things as well so well and and, and there has to be some room for mistakes right like like, like yeah. be, be everyone you me everyone has messed up right we, we've all we've all done stupid things embarrass ourselves or, or, you know, taught the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time, and, and it, you know, it didn't go go well. It didn't, it didn't go over right. And, but in, especially in cases, and this is for people who are teaching and who want to teach and whatever, but I mean, past, present, and future, because we, we roll like Charles Dickens like that around here. You need to understand how, how you're teaching something and how to set the tone of your... You're going to practice these techniques. You're going to practice them safely. You're going to try to put as much realism in it as you can, but at the same time, if push come, when push comes to shove, you know, and you need to use this, you need to understand, you know, the responsibilities you take on. And that's not just, you know, from a physical level, from a self-defense level, but from a moral level, too. A lot of people will shoo that out the door really quick. And and, and 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 people will say, oh, uh, people are trying to take your life. You you, you got to move around and take theirs. Is them or you, buddy? Like, well, okay, but really, like, if, if that's the case and you're using karate, then you know, well, you kind of re- need to rethink a, a couple things. But well, I, in, in, as I've brought up a handful of times, you know, I I think one of the main attributes benefits in karate is its overall wisdom. Physically um, manifested. You know, I mean, I mean, you got physical, mental, spiritual, I mean, however you want to look at it, it, it all kind of ties together. I go back to the, to the example where, you know, I, I was in a convenience store getting gas. A guy comes in, um, standing right next to me. He's, he's literally starting to pull out a gun. He's getting ready to rob the store. I was within arm's length of the guy. I, I do believe somehow it was divine intervention or the good Lord looking after me, however you want to call it. But somehow I got the guy's attention and he looked straight at me and I, I just told him I would not do that. He put the gun up and he left. Now, some people say, oh, I would have I took him out. I would have done this. Yeah, done sure he would have. They would have, huh? they, sure, sure they would have, and they would have blown the, the dust off their pistols and walked out the door, right? Yeah, it, it, well, not only that, but I mean, you know, you know, the other part to it is, you know, you have like almost twenty kids in this convenience store because it's right across the street from some basketball tournament that was going on. Anybody who who, who even thinks logically is like. Once, once something like that comes out, something that can produce a completely, a complete ending to something, such as a life or things like that, 
I mean, you're talking about potentially having a kid yet. You have this, you have that. And, and don't, don't think that that didn't go through my mind that, to, you know, you know, put him in, put him in a chokehold, hit him in the neck. I mean, yeah, that went through my mind very, very quickly. But, you know, I go back to one of the lessons I learned, you know, from, Sincerely, it was the best thing you can do for self-defense is to give yourself enough time to to really figure out what you're going to do when you need to do it. It's not just about reaction time. Right. I mean, that's that's an important part of it. But, I mean, another thing someone similar had said to me one time in a group of guys who were, like, younger and he was on the older side, it was, like, timing is the biggest thing. Yeah. And if you can't... And that wisdom of just like if you can't figure it, you, what you, out what you're gonna do, and sometimes you don't have the time, but like especially a situation like this, you did yeah. or that this person did, and they chose wrong. But. You know, and, you know, I I remember speaking to a police officer about it, you know, afterwards, and when the guy said, you know, yeah, for what it was, I mean, the guy did not did not totally make a threat. The guy, the guy did not have the gun completely out. He goes, you were the only one that saw him. He goes, you know, it, you know, maybe at that point, maybe should have had the police there, this, that, and the other thing. That's beside the point. But the main point was, I mean, during that time, you know, I'm not saying, oh, well, lives were safe. Well, in some ways it was. I mean, I don't know what could have played out, but yeah, exactly. Where, but it's like, and and you know, we can go. We're not the people really qualified to talk about this, but it's like what goes into what what goes into the reason why people do bad things. When you when you kind of touch that nerve a little more, you kind of figure out like you know, especially you know, in groups we we've been we've been with and stuff. I've seen other groups be like be like it's total brutal. You know, lethal, deadly force every time, and I was just like, "Really? Really? Yeah. Really? Your 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 punch should be able to kill a goat." And then, and then the bull that's right behind it. You know, yeah, right, whatever. You know, it's yeah, yeah. Everyone wants to be Maso Oyama. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I know it, it's that kind of mentality. I think. I think that that's that's behind allowing this, this weird, you know, we can show any technique at any time we want, and we can we can show you know total lethal force at any time we want to anyone we want, and 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 just expect them to be good at it. And I think the expectation is that no one will get good at it. And ergo, you know, it's not a, really a threat. Yeah. But in reality, you end up with situations like this. Yeah. Exactly. If I may divert us from maybe this to kind of maybe a larger, uh, kind of more macro version of responsibility and um, regret, where it kind of came more, it came came from three three avenues for me. Thankfully, I've never had, I've never been faced with that. I can say here right now that Jeremy has been a great arbiter to me and mine in terms of being able to teach technique and being able to teach it responsibly and being able to think through that. And to Jeremy, I, you know, I, I credit all of what I, how I, I go about my knowledge to a lot of what you've taught me. But a lot of prior to that was kind of a lot of organizational mess 
uh, which specifics I will not get into. But uh, there was a strong pull to get people to black belt. And, uh, and not really having a lot of knowledge, which was weird. I had one of the first people I had actually gotten up to Black Belt, who I had known very personally, who I'd trained for two years, and they had a showroom room background, and they you know, were able to, to adapt and adjust and worked hard in their own right and, and really showed their own stuff. And, you know, even though it was kind of a little too quick, I would even say. You're able to get somebody up to black belt in a year and a half to a level where, you know, they were only kind of training on their own for a little while and had a long history with it prior in their childhood, then were able to really dedicate to, them, to themselves every day. You know, that was a good student. Glad to say, you know, they still train, you know, they've had some health problems in the recent years, but they've still managed to, to more or less keep on doing some training. Um, to kind of a different level now. Um, where it's more about health than necessarily self-defense. But and then there's a different issue that I had to deal with, where it was more pressure to put people up for black belt. Someone who had essentially saw an opportunity to get one, who had, I guess, had trained with someone way, way back a long time ago. That person really, really wanted a black belt. I was pretty young at the time. I think I was in my... I want to say third year of college, maybe. And this person, well older than me at that point, did not have any solid foundation. Like, maybe they had trained for a little bit a long time ago, but they didn't really seem to have a decent foundation with anything. They could not take advice, and they could not adapt very well. So this person went out of their way to talk to the head of this organization I was part of to say they wanted to test for Black Belt within six months with not even having half the curriculum learned. Guess who they went to to learn the rest of the curriculum? You. Yeah, and, and so I was kind of faced with both pressure from one side and the feel to, you know, someone who's technically your senpai, someone who's technically your senior, to help them. And, I, you know, I did the very, very best I could. What limited time I had with this person, I wasn't even seeing this person every day, I was seeing them, like, twice a month, maybe. Then they showed up to the test and did not perform well, but they still got their black belt. They got everything they wanted. And then after this, this person opened their own school, never once credited me, had kind of gone over my head and, and, and just kind of proceeded to keep on going up the ranks and just kind of showing up to get, to get another rank and not really training. And that is not only like my responsibility for putting that person to that place and saying, yes, I can do that. Um, but also now that person is, is long, has their, has their reputation laundered through this organization. And now they're teaching techniques possibly that could be like we were talking about and having no skill, no sense of responsibility, no sense of ownership. I, I know this kind of sounds like word salad in a lot of ways. And I'm sorry if I'm going on way, way too long. It's infuriating because it's this type of mentality that is not only denigrating karate, but it's also denigrating the, I want to say, the, the responsible attitude one needs to take when they're both training and teaching martial arts. 
Absolutely. So, I mean, that's just, that's you know kind of a story I had. Um, I, I know it's not necessarily relevant well, to current the current issue, but I feel well, like on a macro level it speaks to it rather than kind of the you know particulars. But I mean, the, the bottom line is it is I mean, it's responsibility. Okay. You know, it, and you get yeah in that situation you definitely got you got different things working on different sides, you know, coming at you from different areas. You know, and as you know, as an instructor, I mean, you're, you're trying to basically balance what what the best best case scenario would be. Here's here's the question I, I'll throw throw at you, but I mean, what's what did you learn from that though? What I think I, I learned the most what is take from it. That's what I learned from it too. Well, I, I think you know, kind of what's played out with teaching and kind of giving things to people. Because I mean, I was pretty young at that time. I think it was only what twenty twenty one. So there was a, a bit of advantage of being taken by somebody who was uh, probably fifteen fifteen years older than I was. Um, I forget maybe more, but then there was also just you know understanding like it's okay to say no. And knowing how to say no without necessarily being, you know, a complete jerk about it. It's okay to say no. It's okay. It's okay to say, not yet, or we need more time, or you can't do this right now, or I'm not going to do this, or find someone else to do this. And I remember when I first started actually doing, saying those things and pissing people off. And just being like, look, this is the, this is what it is. I'm sorry that you're mad that I'm trying to take responsibility because of what we're teaching. Yeah, and I think, I think that goes into some issues that we do have with some people that, that train. They expect anything and everything. Mind you, all of this was for free. Yeah. I'll gotta, be, not that I ever make a thing out of that. But all of that was for free. Right. So, I mean, on another on another level, it was some guy taking advantage of a bunch of college kids. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely that, that's part of, the, part of the issue as well. But, I mean, there is a fine balance. I know I've, I've had students that have wanted to run with things and, you know, you you know, I've had to tell them no, no, no. And then, you know, I, usually after about the second, pretty rude and indignant with them. And like, but, if you don't feel they're ready, you know, like, they're free to do what they want. But at the same time, like, you know, they need to realize, like you were saying before, it's a personal relationship. And, you yeah. know, building, having that relationship established and being a, knowing how to navigate that relationship. A friend of mine said to me today, there's a lot of selfishness going on in some places of the world right now. And I think that that goes into uh, very much that, where you have, a, if you have a personal relationship with someone, especially a teacher, and especially when it comes to martial arts and stuff like that, you need to know that what you want isn't always what's best. But if your teacher doesn't understand what you're doing is, you know, is you, you have to kind of show the teacher in a positive way, in a in a in a, in a positive light, why you want to do something. 
um, and not just expect say, can I do this? And then just know, know how to seed ideas before, you know, saying I need to do them. Um, I don't know if I should go into a couple examples like that as well, but I remember a couple times when I had students and, you know, they're, they're wanting to learn some advanced stuff and, well, no, let's work on your basics and things like that. One instance came to, it, it really did hamper that student, the student teacher relationship. I mean, that student instructor relationship. Because, um, there was one time when I, I specifically said, no, you need to hold off. They end up going to a seminar and they learned that on the back end from someone else, it, it caused a rift between us to the point where, yeah, it's, there's no longer a student teacher relationship between us. As a matter of fact, there's, we, we don't even talk to each other anymore. So, and, and it's not so much, it wasn't so much that, you know, I, I told you so, this, that, and the other thing. It's like, you, you don't understand, your growth and development could have been a lot better, much more, much more on a solid foundation if we would have just waited a little bit. And I guess, so, give you back the question you asked me, what is something that you feel you took from that? I'll be perfectly honest, I'm probably a little more cynical of people now. And probably I'm a lot more blunt. You know, if, I, if I'm teaching somebody and I say, you know, no, you need to wait. And if they, pretty much if they ask again, I'll say, look, there's a door. I, I, I won't put up with it. And I, I don't have time to put up with it anymore. Um, not, not to say that I'm not right. Not to, I don't want to get into, you know, maybe I'm, you know, maybe in some ways I'm, I, I am a little bit wrong in that perspective. Maybe I'm a little bit, set my ways a little bit, but I, I can also see certain foundational things that'll help along that path of where you're willing to go. Yeah. That largely depends on how you set up that relationship and how that relationship's established. And that is not going to that's not cookie cutter because no person is cookie cutter. And yeah. it's, you know, how you have a relationship with one person at you know starting from one point and then getting to wherever you are now is different from how you start in a relationship with another person. And it's just you need to kind of have the same rules, but at the same time understand who you're teaching and you know where the, you know these two people, very different people, will have different levels of maturity, skill, and whatever. And you may be disappointed in completely different ways. They may regret doing something, but for completely different reasons. I guess is one thing we can also say is that though you might regret something, it is not necessarily a failure. Yeah, I mean, it, it's what what you take from that situation. You know, yeah, you may have regretted it, but I mean, do you, I mean, do you just hang your head? Oh, it's regret, 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 or do you say, hey, okay, I regret doing this. What do I learn from it? Move on. Hey, I made a mistake. Move on. And it's not always your mistake. You might have thought, you, you might have done everything right, but that person did everything wrong. And it, it wasn't on you. So, and I'm pretty sure that's, I, I hate to bring it back to it, but I mean, it's a situation we're, we're dealing with now. Think about the guy who taught that guy. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Could, wasn't his fault? No, I mean, could, I mean, could he have just.
just learned, I mean, maybe he was in the police academy and that's just something that they showed. They didn't, they didn't discuss that because, you know, they, they understand what they're dealing with on a daily basis. And I, I get, I, I get that, but you know, and that's not, and that's part of what they've got to deal with on a daily basis for things they see every day. And I get it. I totally get it. Right. But it's, you know, again, each situation's different, each person's different, and everything could have been done right in terms of preparing people, but still turn out completely wrong. Yep. But as long as you're still able to affect change, you know, that does not mean you give up. True. And Absolutely. You can, it is important as long as you're still there to learn from those situations and adjust and you know, try to make it work in a, in a different way. I, I guess one thing that, that I've got, you know, at this point is, you know, looking at it, probably one of the main lessons that I have learned over, over the years, not just this, but pretty much other things that I've studied and stuff is no matter what you do, you really cannot, the only way you can change is change, change yourself. You really can't change anybody else. There, people are going to be committed to doing what they're going to do, but through changes of yourself, other people may take upon themselves to say, hey, you know, maybe I can change as well too. So. And I think with that is also, you know, you know, having that interpersonal wisdom, which is not something I think we re- people really talk about is just being able to kind of understand how people are going to be and that is not an easy thing to do right any stretch of the imagination but you know if you can have that interpersonal wisdom and know how you know who you show things to and how you do it and how to be responsible with it i think always to think back on it and think about you know how is the how what can i what can you do better what can you you know, bring be- bring better to the situation you know yeah. so jeremy what do you think you're going to be uh, hitting hitting this week other than you know the jacuzzi. I'll probably continue with what I've been doing. I mean, it, it's been kind of an interesting study. It's been an interesting internal study as well. You know, what, why, why do I gravitate to things? Do and the other thing I'm taking from that is, you know, some, some things I've learned in previous leadership courses, like you know, work, work on strengths as opposed to just your weaknesses and your weaknesses will balance itself out. And and so that's kind of some of the stuff that I'm working on just through different things and practice and stuff. So but so I'll continue with comma basically so the oh so hated comma. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to figure out uh best way to, to navigate my training situation as um it's getting hotter, and since my train, where I train is on the second floor with no air conditioning, and I only have this like little like space air conditioner for that space, it's just gonna keep getting hotter and hotter. And so I, I literally just did a couple kata today, and I, you know, went through a couple things, you know, in a fairly decent pace, and I was like, whoa, why am I sweating this much? So. Is this reacclimating to uh, true island temperatures? So I got you. Cool, cool. Well, well folks, uh, thanks so much for listening, Jeremy. Thank you so much for being being on with us again, and um, don't forget to keep on training. <laughs>